I'm Jared. I'm Mariah. Level with us. Hello and welcome to Level With Us, the show where we have a cozy video game discussion every week. And this week, we are talking about It Takes Two, a cooperative video game that I had the pleasure of playing through with someone recently. And you may have noticed, this week, I am joined not by Marcus, but by my wonderful wife, Mariah. Thank you for being here. You're welcome. I'm excited to join you this week. I've been looking forward to this. So Mariah and I have been playing It Takes Two. Uh, using a PS4 that I've been borrowing, and we played through the entire game together. I played as Cody, and she played as May, and uh, we're here to talk about it. And before we launch into things, Mariah, for those who don't know what It Takes Two is, can you try and sum up what this game is all about in a segment I like to call, What's Happening? All right, so It Takes Two is a 3D platformer that is... Um, exclusively two-player. So you cannot do this game by yourself. You gotta get a friend or somebody to do it with you. It is all based around the multiplayer mechanics. So each character has different abilities that work together to get through each level. And the basic story of the game is that the two main characters, Cody and May, are a married couple whose relationship is on the rocks, as they say, and their daughter wishes for them to be a happy family again. So they end up going through a series of adventures trying to rediscover their relationship along the way. It's actually kind of traumatic. They're turned into little dolls and they're forced to endure a ton of different ordeals. Yeah, they're they're not exactly happy or voluntary about this experience right at first especially and it's kind of interesting because uh this game like mariah said is purely co-op and so it's kind of interesting that the story is about these two learning to work together as you are learning to work together with a partner or significant other or whoever you're playing it with so i guess uh one question i wanted to ask right off the bat was is this game something that just about anyone can play because it's kind of advertised that way that you can, you know, just invite any friend to sit down with you and play. And I'm curious because, Mariah, you you didn't really grow up with video games. Was this game easy to, to pick up and play? Um, I would say so, but it would have been much more difficult if I didn't have a little bit of previous experience with video games. Having a little bit of knowledge was helpful, especially with knowing how to navigate the camera and other aspects like that, because that was really a struggle the first time I tried a game with it that relied heavily on knowing where to put the camera. I've noticed that with a lot of new gamers is, uh, yeah, camera controls are not something that comes intuitively. I kind of take for granted growing up with games that had camera controls and being used to it. Now, as far as the gameplay goes, you know, there's a lot of platforming involved, but there's a lot of levels where basically player A has to do something that allows player B to progress. It, there's every single task usually requires both of you, hence the name it takes too. Uh, so how do you think it, it fared as a co-op game or coop game? I appreciate your short hike reference there. I think it works really well as a coop game <laughs> or co-op game. And I really like the asymmetric design as well because 
if both of you had the same abilities, it would feel less meaningful to need two people. And I think that really plays into the, the story and the theme of the game, that each player has different abilities that are both equally necessary to get the task done, that we are helping each other with our different skills. That's true, and, and in another touch that also ties into the story, uh, each level kind of has a theme. Like, the uh, there's a level where you both have magnets, and the theme of that level is attraction. Um, they do levels that are about their passions and hobbies that kind of relate to them personally. There's one about clocks that's about spending time together. Right, which is kind of a, a loose interpretation, but it's still yeah. cool that it's so thematic in that way. So I let's get right down to it. Do you think this game is good for couples? Like, do you think we grew in our relationship with each other as we played through this, Mariah? Um, I I really enjoyed the experience of playing through it with you, and I liked that it was something we could look forward to when both of us got home from work and we could just spend some time together. And in that way, like having a shared project or a shared thing to work on together, I feel like did. I wouldn't say it radically changed our relationship, uh -huh. <laughs> but I feel like it was really nice to have this thing that we both enjoyed and especially having it be such a collaborative and almost social experience, even though you're both holding a controller and looking at a screen. Yeah, and I didn't really think about this, but most games that support co-op, you can play on your own and get ahead and then switch back into co-op if needed. This game, no, 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 you cannot play this without another person, period. Yeah. Uh, which might sound restrictive to some people, but I agree. It was more meaningful that both you and I had to sit down and commit to playing this game. Yeah, and we had to talk through how, like, how to solve the different puzzles and be like, okay, you need to shoot your thing there so I can climb on top of it and jump off to this other thing and then I'll hose off the poison on the wall for you so you can crawl through with my water gun or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, we did talk a lot as we played, huh? You really do have to communicate for every level, so. I would also say, like, as cheesy as the relationship advice in the story is, it's actually decent relationship advice. For sure. Even though they're, they're, it was kind of weird, I actually really liked the premise. And I can see why they are making a movie about this game. Because... It's, uh, it, it just works. It just makes intuitive sense that, you know, working together, you know, putting yourself in the shoes of this struggling couple works because you are trying to learn how to work together. Before we move on, I wanted to ask what your favorite level was, because there's a lot of variety of different gameplay styles. Um, I think my favorite is the space toys level. Because I really like the gravity-centered mechanics that we play with. Specifically, May is able to sort of manipulate gravity and walk upside down, and there's lots of really cool puzzles that involve that. Um, I liked the boss fight in that level, too. I thought it was really fun. Yeah, that was a good one for sure. My favorite level was probably the toy room in, in Rose's room, because there's a lot of toys, like literal toys that you get to play with, like a, a giant dinosaur that picks up lego bricks and moves them uh there's a part where you it the game switches genres to be in like a top-down action game where one of you is a wizard and one of you is a knight i think that part was really fun yeah i also have a soft spot for one of the final levels um there's a level that involves a lot of audio equipment and as a professional audio engineer that tickled my fancy to uh see lots of 
gear that you actually play around with. There's even a part where you can play with some like MIDI controllers in game and make a little beat and rhythm and uh, that's part of a puzzle, which is really fun. So yeah, all around, I really enjoyed this game and I really want to play through it again, uh, either with you or with Marcus. And uh, I want to play as May because the gameplay styles are so different for every level. I think it would be really fun. Would you say overall you enjoyed this game? Yeah, I I thought it was really fun. The gameplay was really engaging, and I looked forward to it every time we played together. In the spirit of Valentine's Day, is this a game that you would recommend to couples? I would say so. It's just a really fun, wholesome thing to do with your partner or friend or Galantine or <laughs> whoever. Wonderful. Well, that will bring us right along to our next segment, which is Star Pieces. Star Pieces is the part of the show where we get to highlight a cool little detail that we found in our playthrough that other people might have missed. And I'll go first. Uh, we were replaying this game last night to kind of refamiliarize ourselves with some of the levels and find some of the mini games that we missed during our first playthrough. And in one of the bigger levels, there's a little paddle boat. And if you both get in the paddle boat and go through a little tunnel, there's a small little building with a door. And if you go inside that door, you'll find a room just full of pots that if you break them or run into them, little rupees come out. And this would be such a fun Zelda reference on its own, but also the room looked exactly like a little side room full of pots in Ocarina of Time. And uh, that just made me super happy that we had stumbled into it, because we totally missed that the first time we played. I I'm a sucker for Easter eggs like that, so that's my star piece. How about you? My star piece is that there are several points in the game where you get to ride something, like, when we played through it most recently, there's a section where you're going through the garden and you get to ride little spiders, which sounds creepy, but they're actually really cute. Um, there's another part of the game where you ride frogs, and there's a point where you, like, fly a plane, and that's really fun, too. So oh, just, yeah. It's fun to shake up how you're traversing the level every once in a while. Absolutely. Yeah. It, this game excels in variety, which is great. Any game that like switches up how you play frequently always keeps your attention. Uh, it's, it's just fantastic. So, But for every star piece, there is also a quick jab. And jab, jab. Quick jabs is the part of the show where we get to complain a little bit about something minor that maybe bugged us. So, Mariah, what's your quick jab? Um, My quick jab is just a little story beat in the the level where they're traversing their daughter's room and it's full of toys. Now, I I understand that this is meant to be humorous, but it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way because the level ends with Cody and May pushing their daughter's favorite toy off of this giant block tower and watching it like fall to pieces. It kind of gets it torn apart. Tumbles to the ground. Yeah. And it's I don't know, it just seemed unnecessarily violent. <laughs> in an otherwise very wholesome game. Like, to me, at least, it didn't really make sense in the story why they were doing that. Because it just it just seemed trauma-inducing to their daughter. So, that's my quick jab. No, for sure. I, I get ya. I wouldn't say mine is related, but it kind of is in that uh, I think this game really could be a family-friendly game. I think this is a game that you could play with your kid. But there is, uh, here and there, just some 
language that I wasn't expecting because like I said, it's a it's a very bright and colorful game. So some of our listeners will know that I've complained about this in other games too, but I just think that anything you can do to make a game more accessible to a wider audience is worth doing. And I think that includes you don't have to use crass language. I think you can come up with other ways to, to be funny or to emphasize the stakes of a situation. Uh, so this game is rated T for Teen obviously, but uh, I don't think it had to be. I think it could have easily been something that was rated E. So anyway, that's my quick jab. And obviously everybody's sensitivity level for that kind of stuff is different, but it is something to keep in mind if you want to play it with kids around or people who aren't ready for that. Yeah, and there's not too much of it, but still. Okay, it is now time for everyone's favorite segment. Who's the fake fan? Fake fan. This is the quiz portion of our show where we ask each other nerdy trivia questions to find out who's the biggest nerd and who's a fake fan. So we're both recent fans of this game, but I'm excited to see what question you have for me. Okay, Jared, here is my question for you. As you know, um, It Takes Two won the award for Game of the Year at the Game Awards. It did indeed, yes. It was also nominated for several other awards at the Game Awards, and it won two. What were the other two awards that It Takes Two was given? Oh, uh, yeah, the thing is, I don't pay too much attention to the Game Awards, uh, so this will be tricky. I think one of them is Best Family Game, for sure, and I know that because all the other nominees were Nintendo games, and Nintendo always sweeps that one, usually, but, so Best Family Game is one of them. The only other thing I can think of is, like, either best multiplayer or best co-op it's got to be like one of the two oh it could have been it it was probably nominated for best direction as well now that i think about it but yeah i'm just gonna go with best family game and best like i I assume co-op is a category if it is i'm gonna just say best co-op game all right the other two that it won were best family game and best multiplayer game so you are correct hey Awesome. True fan. All right, Mariah, are you ready? Yes. Ready as I'll ever be. Okay. So, throughout the game, there are several mini-games that you stumble into where you compete against each other to see who would win. Uh, There is a ton. There's like 25 mini-games and a bunch of like extra little toys that you can interact with as well throughout the game. Mm -hmm. Some of these have very interesting names. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read four mini-game names to you. And you have to tell me which one I made up. Okay. So, here they are. Bomb Blast, Feed the Reptile, Batting Team, and Wackakody. Okay, I know Wackakody's in there for sure. I know there are ones with names similar to Bomb Blast and Feed the Reptile, but you might be giving me a red herring there. Um, either way, I think I'm going to go with Batting Team. I'm afraid that's incorrect. Batting Team is a game in the game. Uh, but you were you did call my bluff. Um, there is a game called Bomb Run that we played yesterday, but there is no Bomb Blast. So that was the uh, incorrect okay. one. That was very sneaky of me. I apologize. I only changed one word in that title, but I guess it worked. Better luck next time. Well, we have just enough time to get into rabbit holes. <laughs> Rebel Holes is the part of the show where we get to kind of open up our discussion to talk about 
whatever we want to talk about. And this week, I want to talk about a game that I would recommend to our listeners, and that is also a game that I've been playing with Mariah lately, uh, Stardew Valley, the board game. So this game sold out almost immediately when it was first announced, and people have been waiting for a second print run, and they've finally shipped them out. So we got our hands on a copy of the game. This is a game that I made a video on uh, last year, I think. And now that I've played it, I can say that I really like it. It's really fun that they adapted this video game into a board game, and your familiarity with the video game kind of made this game easier to pick up, even though there's a bazillion components. Like, internally, you know, you're like, logically, of course you need ore from the mine to upgrade your tool card. Of course fiber is just useless. You just intuitively know, like, yeah, I need to complete the bundles at the community center. Even though there's a lot of new mechanics, it's kind of easier to digest them if you've played the video game, which I like. Um, I've heard some people say that, like, it's not good for fans of the game because, you know, the game is a very relaxing game that you can take your time with. And this is very stressful because you're trying to meet your objectives in a very limited amount of turns. But I disagree. That's actually kind of how I felt when I first played Stardew Valley is you have this time limit each day and you have to maximize how you spend your time. And I think the board game perfectly captures that. Um, and in this game, you have an entire phase where you're just talking with each other because it's cooperative and planning out your moves like, OK, you go to the mine, I'll try fishing and then I'll move to the town. I'll pick up a mushroom on the way and I'll try and make a friend. You know, just talking through it to me is so fun. Uh, so overall, I, I just really, really like it. Yeah, I think it captures the feeling of the video game really well. It is, it's really fun to do it with you. Well, Mariah, do you have a rabbit hole you'd like to share? Yeah, um, this is a YouTube channel I stumbled into recently. It is a, it's an account called Catman John, which is... This person who has cats and uses buttons with recording of words to communicate with their cats, which I didn't know is a thing, and I'm not even like a huge cat or animal fan, but just watching these videos has fascinated me and seeing that the cats can and do pick up English words and are able to use that to communicate with their owners, I think is really cool. So some of the kinds of things that are on there are like requesting certain foods or toys and one of the most fascinating things is that the cats will even request things for each other or you know voice that they're frustrated that the laundry hasn't been put away it's just really interesting to see that interaction so, so what you're saying is that the owners have trained their cats to become more annoying and micromanage them in their their tasks and chores basically yeah but in some ways, it's less annoying because they, at least they're clear about what they want instead of just meowing at you. That's fair. You know, it's funny. You're allergic to cats, but you, you find them so fascinating. They're cute. I like them from a distance <laughs> on YouTube. <laughs> well, this has been so much fun. Raya, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for joining me from our chair department. <laughs> That's right. We're recording in different rooms so that there's a... Uh, as little mic bleed as possible. Next week we will for sure have Marcus back, but in the meantime, I hope everyone has a wonderful Valentine's Day. Go ahead and reach out to someone you love, whether that's a friend or a family member, and tell them you appreciate them. Give them a hug, if it's safe to do so. 
also, don't be afraid to treat yourself. And listeners, we love you too, because everybody deserves to feel loved today. Aww. And until next time, I'm Jared. I'm Mariah. And we'll level with you next week. I'm Jared. I'm Mariah. Level with us. <laughs> <laughs>